Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. A very good morning to you and you and everybody that looks like you this morning. It's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride on what has turned out to be at least up here at the Esperance Studios in Edmonds, a spectacular morning. A few clouds in the sky, but mostly blue skies, and hopefully it will stay that way uh, for, the, for the rest of today uh, because I got a car I want to take out test, and I don't want to take the car out in the rain. Um, so we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Hope you all had a good week. Hope everything is uh, going okay for you. I had a, had a great week, I, except for, and we'll talk about this just a little bit because I know I tend to go off on these tangents, is I just felt bad that I, uh, you know, tickets went on sale. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm a Bruce Springsteen fanatic. I love Bruce. I've seen him a million times. Uh, the tickets for his uh, second stint on Broadway uh, became available this week. And, uh, I you know saw it before, and I I couldn't justify eight hundred dollars a ticket. Um, I'm sorry, but I just uh, you know and then flying to New York and everything like that to see it. I mean, it would have been a fifteen hundred dollar trip to go see something I've seen already. So I um I'll find for eight hundred dollars I can see an awful lot of theater here, and um in uh, Seattle and I can even freight hundred dollars uh, go see some theater in Spokane and boys, I can write a check out for the Spokane symphony for a couple of hundred bucks. They're struggling out there. So, you know, $800 for Bruce Springsteen. I'm sorry, Bruce, but uh, we're not going to, we're not going to be here. You talk, we're not going to be he- hearing you talk about uh, cars and girls and Jersey and life this time around. But again, as I said, I saw it already. So it's not uh, a heartbreaker. Uh, and, and you know what, in a, in a lot of ways, I feel good about not going because that means somebody else that maybe didn't get to see him. Uh, will get to see that spectacular show on Broadway. Somebody with 800 bucks, you know, 1600. When you, you know, factor in the, um, uh, you know, you have to, you got to take a date and you dinner and everything. Like, oh, forget about it. Uh, you know, it's, um, although, you know, I'm currently single, so it would be a nice date to take somebody on, but I don't have anybody to take anyway, except I would take my daughter, you know, to, to take her. But I think if she found out that I spent $800 on a ticket to Bruce Springsteen, she would think I was nuts. So, that's that, this is this, and uh, we get into the talking about cars, which is what we do so well, although we do talk about Bruce Springsteen so well, and I do, uh, you know, he does factor into the car scene because he's written more songs about cars and bad car rides and introspection while you're driving a car than maybe anybody I've ever come upon. So, uh, so anyway... What do we got this week? Well, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting week in the automobile world. It seems that the, you know, the big controversy in cars right now is buying cars. There is a shortage of used cars. There is a shortage of new cars because of the lack of chips to go in these cars, something we told you about months ago. Uh, that these chip, you know, it was a big, um, not just because of COVID, uh, but also there was a huge fire in a factory. Um, I believe it was in China. And uh, that factory produced uh, a, a sizable portion of the chips that go to American automakers. And so here we are. We're sitting with, you know, thousands of trucks, in Kentucky on the speedway, thousands of Ford trucks, uh, you know, because they build the cars and then they let them sit there now waiting for the chips and they slip the chip in and I guess it starts up and goes. But you now have cars that have been sitting out for a while and 
just a whole bunch of different uh, uh, problems that can happen when you have that many cars uh, parked in one place. So, but it seems that that chip shortage is starting to be taken care of. It's going to be a couple of months before they can get these cars uh, either off of their storage facilities, out into dealers' lots, and so on and so forth. So my advice to you this morning, and I know my auto dealer friends aren't going to like this, but it's not the best time to buy a new car. Um, I would definitely be waiting until at least July 4th, see what the incentives come around, uh, see how many, uh, you know, because two things. Number one, you're going to pay a higher price. There are people, it's like houses. People are paying over sticker price for cars. When in the world did you ever hear of that? Except uh, if you have a specialty model. It's, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. But you go into a dealership and... Maybe not so much up here in Seattle, but I know I have friends in Southern California that have gone into dealerships and have told me that the, 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 the salesman has said to them, well, we have an offer on this car for boom. If you want it, you got to pay more. You got to pay big boom. And it's, um, it's sad. I, I, I think... Um, it, you know, and, and obviously the prices of cars are uh, through the roof as well, especially trucks. Uh, you know, you go into a Chevy dealer and they want $80,000 for a Silverado pickup truck. It's a lot of coin, man, for a pickup truck. And so consequently, people are moving over to buy used cars. But that market, I'm sure you see all the ads, we will buy your car. We want your car. We will pay top dollar for your car. Uh, because used cars are at a premium now, especially good used cars. Um, there are several outlets out there. Yeah, I know you, you say, well, Jeevan uh, just drove past CarMax on Aurora and uh, on, on Highway 99, and they got cars out the kazoo up there. But yeah, but CarMax, those cars that are there, but they're being sold not just on Aurora Avenue, they're being sold all over the country. So if they need a, um, I don't know, a Mitsubishi, let's say, um, or a Subaru Crosstrek or something like that, and uh, the store in Denver needs one, they go into their inventory computer, they see one at CarMax in Seattle, boom, that car goes. So, you know, it, it, although... You may see lots of cars on lots. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's not a shortage, um, especially if you're one of the manufacturers affected by the chip. So again, if you're looking, if you have a car and you want to sell it, uh, you know, um, I would say sell it privately, but. Make sure you have something to get, you know, it's like a house right now. Make sure you have something to get into or you'll be taking the bus. And I don't know if you want that to happen, my friends. I don't, I don't know if that's ever a really good idea. Um, you know, taking the bus. If you, uh, now the one exception here seems to be electric cars. There seems to be, if you want a Mustang, uh, the new Mustang, um, the electric Mustang, the Mach-E, uh, those cars seem to be plentiful. If you want a, uh, uh, you know, an electric, um, I don't know, you know, name, name a car that's uh, out with electric, a Bolt, a Chevy Bolt, uh, a Tesla, those cars seem to be plentiful. So if you're thinking uh, electric car, this might be an interesting time to go and take a look and get a price. Uh, because it seems like those cars are out there. Um, I've heard rumors, and I don't know how true they are. They're unsubstantiated rumors that Ford is actually, when they're building Mustangs, taking the chips that they get and putting them into the E-Mustangs first. And then the, uh, 
internal combustion engine Mustangs that they're actually doing, that they want to push the electric cars out this project. Uh, these projects are important to them. So again, it's always buyer beware. And, and again, if you have any questions, always feel free to email me, uh, hit me up on uh, Vinny at drivetime-radio.com and I'll do my best to help you in any way I can, uh, you know, give you advice and uh, try to help you. I, I've helped, uh, you know, a lot of people buy cars. I do it as a kind of a side hustle, uh, is helping people uh, buy cars uh, from soup to nuts, especially those people who don't like to uh, deal with the dealers, negotiate with the dealers. I, I have done that um, for years and years and years and love helping uh, people out do that. Some other stuff that's going on in the, uh, the world of automotive. <laughs> There's some stuff this week, kids, I'll tell you. I, um, one of the things that I looked at, I saw this week that I thought was interesting was this little story about Hong Kong. And you think that you have, you complain when you go downtown. What's the park? What's it cost to park downtown for a day right now? 15 bucks. I don't know. I haven't gone down to downtown Seattle Park in a lot or a garage for a while. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, 15, maybe 20 bucks tops, right? Um, there is a property in Hong Kong that. Uh, it is the Mount Nicholson residential project. Uh, uh, they have hold a record in Hong Kong for the largest um, sale of uh, an office space. $7.6 million for a spot in office tower in 2019. Well, if you go to downtown Hong Kong, you need a place to park your car, don't you? Well, a space at the luxury Mount Nicholson residential prop, uh, project is gone for $1.3 million American, 10.2 million um, in the Hong Kong currency. $1.3 million for a parking space in downtown Hong Kong. It's one of the most upscale projects uh, and believed to be one of the top one or two in Asia uh, as far as cost. But what what, do you, what kind of car do you, do you have that you'd spend a million dollars, 1.3 million for a parking space for the car? More than most people spend for a residence. <laughs> Um, I don't know if that's a sign of the excess of our lives or what, but man, oh man, that's, uh, that's a lot of money. How'd you like to be the, uh, the, I mean, what do you tip a parking attendant when you're paying $1.3 million for a parking space? Probably nothing at all. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, you need all the money you can find if you're spending money like that. Also. The price of, uh, let me see if I got this right here, the price of gasoline in the Seattle area is um, gone up again. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, the price of gasoline, uh, according to Autoblog uh, this morning, is sitting at um, Union 76 is averaging out about 397 Shell is about 389 and 7-Eleven on Madison Street is at 399. So those are your top 10, you know, uh, I mean you're in the 399. I think the cheapest one in the city of Seattle is the 389. And as at the Shell on Rainier Avenue, a shell on 12th Avenue and the shell on Dearborn street right there by the stadium. 
Uh, those are the cheapest in downtown Seattle. I'm sure that once you move away from downtown uh, Seattle, that the prices get um, a little bit cheaper. But to be honest with you, not much. Uh, I usually buy my gas at Costco, and I believe that the last time I filled up at Costco, it was, uh, we were talking about 382 or something like that. So uh, if you have a Costco card uh, and you're saving 10 cents a gallon, 12 cents a gallon, uh, by the time it's all said and done and you use gas like I do, uh, it, it probably makes it worth that uh, membership at Costco, doesn't it? I would, I would think so. All right, tell you what, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. We got uh, Yo Vinny, what are you driving this weekend? You're going to want to hear what I'm driving this weekend. We're also going to talk a little bit about this car and what's required to drive it that I'm driving this week. It is Drive Time Radio. I am New York Vinny. You are our valued and treasured audience. Nathan is on the drums He's making things work this week, and we'll be right back with uh, Yo Vinny directly. Bright new beginning to a beautiful 1968. Chevrolet's Impala Sport Coupe. Dramatically new. Distinctively styled. What strikes you first is the beautiful harmony of line. Every curve, every sweep is clean and compatible. Modern, fresh design. And inside, Chevrolet remembers your comfort with new colors, new fabrics, new instrument panel. Security too, with the proved GM energy absorbing steering column, new side marker lights. Impala 68, unforgettably beautiful. Right back to its new recessed taillights. Impala, America's favorite car, is at your Chevrolet dealers, who reminds you, be smart, be sure, buy Chevrolet. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that Hot Rod Lincoln. There you go. Well, hot Rod Lincoln, Commander Cody, to get us going on this uh, beautiful Saturday morning. It is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. And uh, you are our valued and prized listeners, and we thank you for doing that. Nathan is on the uh, is on the drums this morning, as he is every Saturday morning. Good morning, Nathan. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. Doing pretty good this week. Good, good, good. What exciting thing happened to you this week, Nathan? Anything? Well, I got my first tickets to the Mariners game going. I will be next Wednesday, so really looking forward to getting back into T-Mobile Park and seeing the uh, boys live in action. Yes, that's uh, that is a, a ton of fun, man. It, it'll be uh, you know I've been to two ga- three games this year, and um, I, I you know enjoyed the experience immensely. It's nice that the park isn't crowded, although I suspect that pretty soon here they're going to go up to uh, a larger, if not full capacity, as many uh, Major League Baseball teams seem to be doing around the country. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess we'll find out, right? Well, for the game I'm going to, they do still have the vaccinated and unvaccinated sections, and there's a lot more open. And I think they're allowing up to 26,000 people total. Uh, Most of them will just be vaccinated fans, but definitely increasing the capacity, that's for sure. Good, good. I mean, listen, uh, you know, baseball is such a, and listen, you know, my history with baseball, baseball is such a wonderful thing. And as I see stadiums packed with people, uh, I've gone from that feeling of, oh my God, look at this to ain't that great that America's coming back. You know I mean? So it's, it has that feeling to it that it's, uh, it's one of the indicators that you look at that things are, are returning to somewhat normal. Also traffic. Have you uh, have you driven on the roads lately uh, during rush hour or, or some semblance of that, Nathan? Uh, do we have to talk about the traffic coming back? That was one of the best parts of everything being shut down was no traffic <laughs> on the roads. I just remember the first time that everything started. It would be rush hour, you know, 5 p.m. on a weekday, and it looks like you're driving at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's just that empty. But now, it, yeah, yeah was, you're right. The really traffic awesome. is back. Yeah, traffic. I mean, I, I tried to get from 
Edmonds down to the airport at uh, five o'clock the other day. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, it was, it was brutal. Uh, brutal enough that I got off I-5 and started using side streets, uh, you know, to, uh, to navigate my way down through uh, South Park and Tukwila and, you know, down 99 because it was so ridiculous uh, on I-5 uh, that it was great. It, you know, it's, it's like, it, it's that hard memory of, you know, what it was like before. And so that's the, I guess, one of the other signs that uh, we're back to, I don't know, you want to call it normal, uh, but we're back to pre uh, pandemic things that we hope we'd never see again. So traffic is, uh, is not, uh, it's not pretty anymore. And of course, You'll also have construction out there pretty soon, if not already, where they're uh, ripping up the roads and repaving roads. So it ain't going to get pretty. But you know what? It's like that everywhere. There was more traffic. Uh, I was talking to a state trooper in Nevada a couple of weeks ago when I was out there. And he said that they had seen an increase in traffic, even in, you know, places that you wouldn't, uh, you know, think because more people are out on the road. More people are, uh, you know, getting in their cars and getting away from home and going on auto vacations and uh, trailer vacation, you know, RV vacations as opposed to flying places. There's still a lot of people who don't feel comfortable flying. So the car uh, for them, uh, they'll take the extra few days and drive to wherever they're going to go because it gives them a sense of personal um uh, you know, personal space that they don't, they're not sitting next to somebody in the middle seat of a plane somewhere with, uh, you know, germs all around you. And I know an airplane is the cleanest place you could be. Uh, you know, they, they recirculate the air 9 million times, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to sit that close to somebody yet, mask or no mask, unless, uh, unless I know they've been tested, vaccinated and uh, stamped with the USDA seal of approval. <laughs> Uh, all right, Nathan, you want to ask me the magical question? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. Oh, I, I just, I thought you would never ask. I am driving this week, Nathan, the America's fastest production car. Oh, boy. There is nothing. I'm trying to think of what that might be. Yeah, there's nothing that's being produced in America. Uh, now, there will be shortly, uh, this will get eclipsed by another car that's that's ready to go that, uh, you know, America is waiting for. But this vehicle has uh, 787 horsepower. Oh, I think I know what it is now. Yep. It's, uh, I am driving the Dodge Challenger excuse me, a Charger, Red Eye SRT, 787 horsepower. The car is, uh, simply put, an animal. It, uh, it drives, uh, you know, you hit the gas and, and you need a neck brace. It is, uh, it, it's just, it oozes power uh, from the wheels it looks menacing just sitting there uh, when you start it up uh, it's easy for you to be the king of the uh, parking lot or queen if you're a woman um or whatever uh but you you're, you're the top dog you're the coolest you got the fastest car unless somebody pulls in with a uh, a ferrari or uh, you know something of that ilk or a funny car, or a, uh, you know, a dragster, you've got the fastest car in the parking lot. And um, surprisingly comfortable, too. Surprisingly, I mean, it's a four-door car. So uh, there is uh, lots of room. It's a big car. It is back to the old days when they used to crank out, you know, 409 Chevrolet Impalas. And uh, 421 Super Duty Pontiac Catalinas, uh, big cars that had big engines in them for a big America. Well, this car 
takes you back to those days. What's interesting about this car is that the Dodge Challenger, a Charger and a Challenger, but both of these cars have been around for years. I mean, if you if you park a you know a um, uh, a ninety nine Challenger or two thousand one, I guess Challenger next to the new one, there's slight cosmetic changes, but really, it's uh, hard to distinguish. And yet, they keep finding ways to improve and make this car a better car. While it certainly looks like uh, the oldest uh, Charger that you'll find, uh, which is in use by many police departments, it is not, believe me, not underscore, not the same car. Uh, it um, It is a car that many people shouldn't be allowed to drive. As a matter of fact, they give you two keys with the car, one black, one red. The red, which they gave me because they trust me, <laughs> um, allows you to realize the full potential of the 787 horsepower. It, uh, there's a black key that only lets you utilize 500 horsepower. And I guess that's if you're going to give it to your teenage kid for a a drive or for parking lot attendants, who I guarantee you when you pull up to a valet parking with this car, will have it out in the back of wherever you're at uh, doing burnouts and, and, you know, driving down to, uh, to Kent to race out on the street. It's a, you know, it's a dangerous car. And, but it is so much fun to drive. It's just one of those cars that, you know, it's like a Corvette. It attracts attention. People that know the car know immediately what they're looking at. That one red eye in the Hellcat on the side tells the story. And um, as far as handling, they have it set up right so that the car handles well. It's set up uh, to, to, uh, ride on the street or ride on the track. Uh, I'm going to hopefully get a chance to use it in track mode either later today or um, tomorrow if it doesn't rain or Monday, one of those days, I'm going to take it out to the track because you, you just, you couldn't try. It has a top speed of 210 miles per hour. Now you tell me where you would drive 210 miles per hour in Seattle or in the Northwest. You, you, you can't take it up to a mountain, you know, a logging road or something like that. You'll rip the bottom out of it. The only place you can really utilize this car to its full potential is on a track. Now, my question becomes, so, so that's what I'm driving this week. It's a very, very cool car. It's a, uh, you know, it's, it's the last of a dying breed. And that is the passenger car. You know, we talked about the Sonata a little bit last week, and I'll talk about it later uh, as I review it, the Sonata N-Line, and that's 200-something horsepower. And to be honest with you, it's plenty. It will get you where you need to go quickly. It's a fun drive. You put it into sport, and it, uh, it, it handles well. But it doesn't, there's a difference in the Sedata and the Dodge Hemi. One, I would let trust almost anybody to drive. The other is one that um, you would have to prove to me, or I would have to know that you have a lot of experience driving before I would let you behind the wheel of this car. Uh, it is not a car for the inexperienced driver. It is not a car for the Amazon guy or gal who decided that they got their big bonus check and want to go out and plunk down uh, $90,000 for this car. That's what it uh, rolls off the floor at. Um, it is, unless that Amazon person or that Microsoft person or that Boeing person or whoever the person is that has that kind of money to spend for a car, 
um, is looking is is an experienced driver, and this is something that I um I, you know I've been thinking about for a long time. I think it's something that's time has come because we have all of these cars that are high horsepower, high um, output vehicles. You hit the gas and you're going from zero to sixty in three seconds. It's, it's a lot of power. So, and, and listen, I'm not one for government regulation as, as it may be, but in this case, I asked a question and I would love to hear from you on email with this or on our Facebook page where we are live. Uh, should a special license be required to drive a car like this? Should you have to show that you have had uh, a combination of education, experience, and knowledge of what the car can do before you can operate one of these vehicles. I I, I think that there are countries in Europe that do that. Uh, I think the time has come in the United States that we do something like that as well. That you have, you know, you have to be licensed to drive different tiers of trucks. Why not, uh, if you want to go out and buy one of these vehicles and own one of these vehicles, uh, that's fine. But you should know how to use it. You should know how to get out of an emergency situation with the car. You should know how the car, a basic knowledge of how the car works. I don't think that's really as a, as a citizen who has kids that walk down the street and I walk down the street at times myself, I share the road with these cars. I know what they're capable of doing. Uh, this is a car that very easily could, you know, could go belly up very quickly. And I, I don't know, I guess I just feel more confident in knowing that the person behind the wheel of that car, the person who was allowed to own that car, had some experience and had the ability to control it should there be some kind of emergency. If you lose your brakes, if the accelerator sticks, the things that can happen in everyday use of a car. Only that car, again, uh, you know, a normal car takes five, eight, 10 seconds to go to zero to 60. This car does it in three seconds. What can, you know, what do you think about in three seconds? How do you react in three seconds? Something I think for the, uh, for the people who do these kinds of things to think about and to, um, and for manufacturers to think about, I mean, manufacturers, they want to sell cars. Um, I know that Porsche and I think Mercedes also uh, put you through a school when you buy a high performance car. They offer you, uh, uh, BMW does too. As a matter of fact, I'm, I believe I'm scheduled to go down to their academy by Palm Springs and learn uh, from race car drivers, from people that drive for a living, how to drive. Now, I know how to drive on a track. I've done it before, I've raced before. So I know what it is and what to do in an emergency and how to take turns and apex them and what to do if the brakes go out and what to do if, you know, if all these things happen, but never hurts to take a refresher course. Never hurts to, uh, to go and, and, you know, get your, uh, get your chops again, learn a little bit more. Uh, these cars are great cars and they are the apex of what we can do in automotive engineering. And believe me, you ain't seen nothing yet. There's more to come when it comes to speed on cars. 
problem is here we don't have an autobahn. Uh, we don't have a system of roads that say it's okay if you do 100, 120, or 140 miles per hour. We don't, we're not set up for that. But we do have plenty of places like the Bonneville Salt Flats and airports and so on and so forth, you know, abandoned airports and runways where people can take their cars and test them out if they desire to. But again, you have to have the experience. You have to, uh, if you're going to sell that car, I think there's a responsibility on the manufacturer's head to make sure that the person you're selling the car to has the ability to operate the car. Because we're in an era where, you know, uh, we seem to care less about the other guy and more about ourselves. And so if that's the case, and hopefully we'll come out of that era here uh, very soon as, you know, COVID subsides and things get back to normal, that we'll, you know, we'll, we'll think about the consequences of things on other people as well. And um, I love this car. It is, it's, you know, it's the closest thing I think you can get to driving the space shuttle. I mean, it's just a fast, comfortable, well-made, nice handling, quick, sturdy, responsive vehicle. It is a special car to drive. It's a privilege to drive this car. But it's also a responsibility to operate the car safely. Um, no matter what situation you are in, because it can easily turn into um, a disaster, a tragedy, if you don't. So that's my that's my soapbox for today. Uh, I, I you know I'm just uh, I'm a guy that thinks that people should you know have various degrees of skill, and they should be assessed on those various degrees of skill. All right, I'll get off the soapbox. Matter of fact, now that I've soapboxed you so much, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with our cartoon. And we also have our uh, drive time road test of the week. We'll uh, take a dive into the Hyundai Sonata inline and tell you how much I enjoy driving that a little um, bundle of steel. Coming up here on Drive Time Radio. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Yeah, when I shake things up, the neighbors know about it. Back here on Drive Time Radio, New York Vinny hanging out with you Saturday morning. Beautiful Saturday morning. The neighbors are out mowing their lawns. Uh, the Esperance Studios are alive and well and uh, moving and grooving. And uh, it's time for our cartoon of the week. Uh, you can see cars and music go together. 
they're the things that uh, make America great. Uh, car radios turned on to your favorite song. You're stressed out. You get in the car. You're driving along. You're singing along to a song. And it's a beautiful thing. Everybody's a singer. Remember, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how you sound. It's how you feel. And if it makes you feel good, that's good. And that's what we try to do with the cartoon. This week, my friend Mike Brown, uh, my good friend Mike Brown, who I've known for years and years and years, um, his favorite rock and roll star is John Fogarty of Green's Clearwater Revival. Um, Fogarty is, uh, is, is Bruce Springsteen. And uh, when we worked together over at Cairo, we spent many hours talking about uh, the comparisons between Fogarty and Springsteen. And, uh, you know, obviously Springsteen is, uh, you know, the, the probably, uh, you know, I almost would say more well-known, but yeah, probably is more well-known. But John Fogarty and his work has been heard uh, everywhere, especially in ballparks when he came out with Center Field. Anyway, uh, John Fogarty has a car song. Uh, has written about uh, vehicles and love, which is a popular topic in rock and roll, let me tell you. There's plenty of songs to pick from. I thought, though, this morning we pick one from John Fogarty. There you go. A guy I'm sure is itching to get back out on the road to tour. He's been doing it for years from his time with Greenspell Water Revival. And, of course, a very successful solo career. That's John Fogarty. And uh, Hot Rod Heart, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those songs to kind of get you going. And, and an unmistakable voice, too. I mean, it's not many people who uh, can listen to a John Fogarty song and not know it's him within the first two or three seconds of uh, the song. And um, it's uh, it'll be nice to uh, hopefully see him back out on the road as many different uh, artists announce their, uh, you know, they're, they're coming out of uh, COVID time. And... We hope to see him. Uh, I saw, you know, I have never seen John Fogarty solo. I don't think I have. I've seen him. Well, I saw him as a, uh, as part of an award show that I was at. And I saw him with Creedence Clearwater. I met him when he was with Clear, Creedence Clearwater Revival uh, back in 1970 uh, when he came to New York and played at Shea Stadium in uh, the Festival for Peace, Concert for Peace. We was a big, uh, a big show that they had uh, at Shea Stadium uh, one August. And, uh, you know, spectacular show, but I never have uh, seen them live and I would, uh, I would love to do that. And of course, again, as I said, that goes out to my good friend, Mike Brown, who uh, was uh, the biggest Fogarty fan that I know. I don't, I don't know anybody make yourself. Uh, that's a cartoon. It's brought in every week, except last week when I went on too long. And we could, that was the one we were going to use last week. So we just moved it over to this week. So you really didn't miss anything. Um, and we do it every week because cars and music go together so well that you, if we are going to have, and we are the only automotive radio show that I know of that takes requests. So there you go. There's our uh, request. All right. Um, we have a road test coming up. Uh, we get a chance to take a ride in uh, the Hyundai Sonata N-Line, which uh, I'm, uh, I'm absolutely in love with. I'm in love with this car. So, uh, Maestro, why don't you hit it? The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, the Hyundai Sonata N-Line is our road test of the week. This is the third Hyundai Sonata that I have driven uh, this year, I believe. I think I've driven them all since January. Uh, maybe one of them, the hybrid, which was the first one I had I drove late last year. But inconsequential to the story, the story is that every one of these cars that I've driven from Hyundai 
has been a spectacular, solid ride. Uh, the hybrid did so many things well. It was seamless in its switching back and forth. It was uh, a vehicle that, if you were getting into a hybrid for the first time, would be a great vehicle if you're a seasons hybrid owner. Um, the design of the vehicle, the space in the vehicle, uh, the uh, different um, mechanisms in the vehicle that produced the electric and uh, the uh, gasoline energy all came together seamlessly in this car. It's a new design for 2020. And it really, uh, the design of the car took me as well. And such is true with the regular Sonata that I drove, the regular sedan uh, that you would go out and buy, had the uh, 1.6, I believe, liter engine. Uh, great gas mileage, 27 in the city, 37 on the road. But again, I go back to the design. The designers in Hyundai step out of the box. They do things that, um, you know, when I was a kid, I used to, um, always enjoy Robert Comerford. He was a, a design critic and he would point out different design things on cars. And I believe it was Automobile Magazine. And I'd love to look at that because I learned from that, that a subtle line, uh, a different um, uh, line placed in a different place can change the whole definition of what a car is. And the Hyundai engineers have done that so well with modern materials. This is one of the only cars, I know it has a chrome strip that runs the length of it. And they incorporate the front of that chrome strip into the headlights. And so it appears that the chrome strip parted away up both sides of the hood, it's lit. And it's just a, 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 a spectacular design. And it, so they had the hybrid, they had the sedan, but Hyundai wants to, and rightly so, have a performance line. And that's what the N-Line is. It is a performance line. They are slowly going through the Hyundais and making vehicles that put some oomph uh, with turbochargers and different suspensions and so on and so forth that take a great car and make it even greater. And such is the case with the uh, Hyundai Sonata N-Line. Uh, everything is there that you would expect. Uh, you know, the, the great design, the trunk space, the interior is roomy, one of the roomiest in the class. Uh, the safety equipment is there uh, that you've come to uh, know from Hyundai, even to the point of um, one of my favorite things, I think Subaru might have been first with this, but they have a little light that goes off when the car in front of you moves. So if you're one of those people who grab their phone at the traffic light, and are sitting there looking at it, uh, the bell goes off when the car in front of you moves and you know to look up and get going so you're not blocking traffic. I think that's a very useful and a very smart accessory uh, in a car. Uh, the Sonata N-Line is... Um, it, it's, it's just a... a a fun experience to drive. It's 290 horsepower, turbocharged, uh, four-cylinder. It's got a dual-clutch automatic. I know some people don't like them. I like them. Uh, it shifted sharply. It shifted when it was supposed to. And it also was responsive if you stuck it into manual mode and used the paddle shifters. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, paddle shifters on a Hyundai Sonata. Uh, it also comes with... Um, special front and rear grills, a little spoiler on the back, uh, special badging, N-line uh, badging, 19-inch wheels, bolstered front seats, so that when you uh, when you take that trip, or when you're taking onto the racetrack, uh, there's support, you know, you're not sliding all over the place, it cuddles you and cradles you in fine leather and suede materials. It's really, um, it's really a, a comfortable, comfortable car to take on a long trip. I took it up to the Canadian border and back, and it was, um, you know, fantastic. No, uh, you know, everything is in the right place. The, you know, all the um, 
all the dials, all the buttons, all of the entertainment system stuff is right there where you can reach it, where you don't have to divert your attention from the road. Also has a 10 inch touchscreen, a beautiful uh, sunroof navigation system that's easy to use and a 12 speaker Bose stereo, uh, which is um, a great, uh, you know, stereo and infotainment uh, line. It was really uh, a spectacular, uh, a spectacular ride. Uh, this uh, Sonata N-Line started at 33,300 bucks. Uh, very, very well equipped. Uh, a couple of packages that go in there uh, probably raised the price a few thousand. But it's worth it. if you are in the market for a car, not a truck, but a car, and you know you've been abandoned by many automakers. Uh, they've decided that you don't count. But Hyundai is one of the automakers that believes that there is a market for the passenger car in the United States. And they are dumping a ton of money and a lot of effort into improving these cars uh, to a degree that will shock you. So again, the Hyundai Sonata N-Line, if you're in the market for a car, it is worth looking at and uh, we're taking a test drive and it is a, a spectacular piece of work. Another fine car from Hyundai who's putting out a lot of nice cars these days. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for me. I am, believe it or not, off to the Motor Vehicle Bureau to get my uh, my Washington driver's license. See, another thing that COVID has, uh, has kind of screwed up and is now coming back around. So if I don't see it at the DMV, I'll catch up with you next sun, uh, Saturday morning at eight o'clock uh, thank you so much to our sponsors the people that make this show happen and uh we'll talk to you next week have a good week